It's Adasha Townsend of the Feast and Fashion Podcast. I'm a veteran food and beverage journalist who's worked with some of the most notable media outlets in the world. Feast and Fashion is the intersection of food and fashion, one beautiful plate or a glass at a time. With each episode, I will introduce you to fascinating, fabulous people in the culinary industry. Today, Chef Cletus Friedman joins me. Cletus is the coolest, as you'll see soon. And he now serves as Director of Hospitality, for Camp Aramoni, which is just 80 miles south of Chicago. A stickler for details, Cletus helps make this over-the-top glamping experience one to remember. We talk hip-hop culture and fashion, the perfect plate presentation, and so much more. What is up, Cletus? How are you doing? That is such a loaded question. I, I think every time you ask me what's up, I feel like I could spend an hour answering you. But the, the news is a lot is up. Camp Aramoni is up. Things in my life are falling into place and every everybody seems to be in, in smiling around me, which is always a good energy to be around. That is always a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. So talk about Camp Aramoni and the whole concept behind it, because to be honest, it's the last place that I thought I would see you at. You're so cool and laid back. And then there's this glamping aspect of it. So talk about how you came to be with this project. It's funny because everything you just said is exactly what this project is. It's it's relaxed, it's cool, it's luxurious. Camp Aramoni is a project. We're about 80 miles south of Chicago. It's a project that incorporates an event space and a luxury campground all in one. We sit on about 96 acres of property right on the Vermilion River. And there's kind of two elements to it that are detached from each other. One where I am now is called Bricks and Stones. And Bricks and Stones is our uh, event space for private events, weddings, birthday party showers. And it's also a public event space where we can have concerts, we can do yoga, we can have evenings where we do dinner features. It's really a great space to reach the public. Mm -hmm. The campground, maybe a five minute walk from here down by the river, features 11 safari tents that are actually being built uh, from South Africa. And each tent, and I say the word tent, but they're really like uh, little hotel suites, anywhere from 450 to 550 square feet. You have your own private bathroom, heating and cooling. The doors actually lock. It's not like a zipper tent. They're absolutely beautiful. You have your own private deck. And we have 11 of these units that sit in this 20-acre meadow anchored by our barn. And the barn uh, is almost like the lodge of the campground. So in the barn, we have our concierge, our general store. There is a demo kitchen for private lessons, whether it's whiskey tastings, beer tastings, food and beverage pairings, cooking demonstrations, or just a place to, to have a private meal. Um, We have our housekeeping. And then just outside of the barn, we have a 29-foot 1971 Airstream Ambassador. That is our coffee and cocktail bar. And then next to that, we have some seating and and fire pits. It's awesome. So what am I doing here? (laughs) the, The answer is very easy. I'm doing what I love to do is taking hospitality and executing it in a uh, nature space, uh, which is fantastic. 
You moved from Chicago <laughs> to be in this space. Did you ever picture yourself living <laughs> in such a space or, or not? My wife asked me that question uh, all the time because I'm so happy sitting, you know, we live out in the country and every morning we get up and we watch birds and there's tons of wildlife out, out here. Uh, at this point in my life, it is really nice and relaxing. So I can't complain. I enjoy it. Okay. Uh, Talk about those safari tents again and, you know, what went into getting that material from South Africa. I'm so fascinated by those tents. So there's a company called Bush Tech um, who does these. If, if you go out, uh, if you're anywhere in South Africa, Africa on a safari and you're staying in these tents, it's a really high-end company that makes really nice tents. They're well put together. The materials are great. And uh, Jennifer Bias found these people, um, Jennifer, who owns this project, and brought them here. Uh, so essentially, we had them design these tents to of their spec, and we we picked a couple of of the models that we really liked that, that fit in with what we're doing. And they are just like I said, it's it's almost unfair to call them tents, but they are tents in the fact that they are held up by by wood posts, and it's it's a really nice canvas but they are one room and within this room, you'll have uh, different configurations depending on the tent because mm -hmm. half, half of them can sleep up to six, half of them sleep up to four. Then we have one uh, that is uh, the six person tent, but it's only for two people, which is our couples cove. Mm -hmm. uh, all the tents are named after native plants here in the Illinois Valley. And this couples cove we call flora and fauna that's meant for like a honeymoon suite or if you want a, a real nice getaway just for the two of you there's uh queen size beds there are living spaces like little sitting areas or sofas that fold out to uh, sleeper sofas so the, the designs are really cool and a lot of fun so as far as the culinary program you yes. have an interesting palate, and I know you love craft beers. I mean, you love everything. You love champagne, you love beer, you love cocktails, and uh, you love bold flavors. I want you to talk about what you're bringing to uh, this whole program. So the What's fantastic uh, opportunity here um, with the campground is that the demographic is the experiential traveler and being able to cater to them and really offer something uh, that they wouldn't ordinarily expect at a campsite uh, is really fun. Uh, at Bricks and Stones, we have the opportunity to take that and cater it to the local community. So I, I think the goal here is to be approachable in the uh, execution, uh, but really utilize um, fantastic quality products in that mm -hmm. execution and bring people in with something that they're familiar with, yet feature things that they might not be familiar with. So while there is a cheeseburger on the menu, there's also some uh, things that, hey, if you like a cheeseburger, you might want this. You talk about craft beer. Hey, if, you like, if you're a miller or, or you, you drink a bush light, why not try this craft beer that's a lighter body style like a Pilsner? So really kind of being able to play on both sides of that spectrum of the culinary program is really exciting. And unlike a restaurant where you have an hour and a half with someone at the campground, we have at least a couple days 
to spend with you. And before you even get here, we know what you like. We know what you don't like. We know what your allergies or dietary restrictions are. So we're able to prepare for you before you get here. And then once you get here, we got you in the palm of our hand to just treat you the best that we can. So if we know what you like, we know what you don't like, we're able to take everything on our food and beverage program and really deliver it with great hospitality. So that's exciting. How much fun are you having with the menu? I want to hear <laughs> what someone can expect on a regular basis. Any of your signature dishes that you're bringing there? I was talking, you and I both love music. And I was talking the other day uh, about um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and how these musicians who have been playing for 30 years uh, come out with a new album and they go play a concert and all people want to hear is their hits, right? right? And all they want to do is their new stuff because they're doing their hits for 20 years. Mm -hmm. As a chef, I feel like, okay, I know you love that turkey sandwich, but I want to do something different. I know you love my fried chicken. I know you love that mushroom risotto. So I want to put those on the shelf and do new stuff, but I have to do them because people love them. And, and quite frankly, there's things that are really great, like smoked hummus. That's not mm -hmm. something that anyone does. That uh, it's a weird thing that people love, but you know, these things I got to keep doing. I got to keep bringing those hits because people, they work every single time. It's, it's just like when you see the Eagles, they got to play Hotel California. They just have to. It, it's like any, any band, uh, it, it's, it's no different. So there will be some of those things that, 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 I, that I hark on because ultimately most of these people have never had that anyway. So right. it's, it's, it's new to them. So, so taking something that I've been doing for 20 years and, and getting someone's reaction is always exciting. It's always fun to see that. So why wouldn't I do that? And why wouldn't I bring that? But what um, you, you said, what am I excited about? I'm constantly excited for innovation. I'm constantly seeking innovation in food and beverage, whether it's what someone else is doing that can inspire me and that I can incorporate into this menu or whether it's something that I want to do. I want to try a new technique. I want to play with some new foods. I want to just do something different. We have a wood-fired oven here and um, I've been playing around with different pizzas and I finally came up with this breakfast pizza that I want to do. And I'm really excited about that. It's kind of taking my love for the everything bagel and shakshuka and putting them all together into a breakfast pizza. Yeah. Uh, you know, something, just things like that, that I know that people will love excites mm -hmm. me. It excites me to finally get things going and, and just feeding people again is exciting enough. So I'm having a lot of fun to answer your question. That smoked hummus sounds so delicious. What comes with that? So um, back in, geez, it might've been 2009, Barry Sorkin from Smoke gave me the smoker because when he opened Smoke, he bought this smoker thinking it was gonna be okay. And it lasted maybe three days until he realized, oh, we're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> um, and when I got that smoker, everything in my kitchen went in that smoker. I was smoking everything. And I wound up smoking garbanzo beans hmm. to make hummus. And it, it was a huge hit. And I've done it, it from, you know, just with salted cucumbers or some raw veggies. I've made it salads on top of it. I've made falafel with the smoked garbanzos. So there's, there's a lot of different ways to, uh, to utilize that, but just straight up little uh, 
flaked sea salt on a cucumber dipped in the smoked hummus and I'm good. That sounds delicious. You know, I still have Hotel California in my head. I'm sorry. Said it. I'm so, I don't know it's why that song. came out. It's a great okay. song. And I know you're um, a huge music enthusiast, particularly hip hop. Mm -hmm. And I know you're hugely influenced by hip hop. You've got that cool Facebook group called A, uh, a Tribe Called Chef. I love it. And <laughs> you're you. always doing music references. Does it inspire your clothing choices too? You know, like hip hop culture? So that, that's interesting because the way I've always lived is, you know, hip hop's about the, the cultures, about the music, the, the, the lifestyle, b-boying, graffiti, all that stuff. And clothing and, and your style is always a part of that. And for me, cooking, dressing, and music, it all kind of uh, flows together because I feel like I know when the way I get inspired, it inspires all of those because that becomes who you are and what your expression is. And yeah. I think clothing has a big part of that. And for the for longest time, I fought my, 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 my style flowed this line between hip hop culture and the world, the, 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 the real world that I live in. And as I grew older, I realized, and my wife did a really good job of helping me along with this process, is uh, kind of dressing my age. I always dress seemingly a lot younger um, because in my eyes, I've, I'm always 25. And the culture in hip hop and the culture in dress changed kind of drastically too when all of those old school rappers like you know you used to see LL Cool J with FUBU and and all these guys with Fila and you know back in the uh, early 90s how everything was just so baggy and and you look at Method Man and 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 LL and all those guys today who were all now 50 everybody's now turning to just living a healthier lifestyle and looking better and presenting themselves better and I think that nowadays it's a matter of figuring out, you know, when you spend your life on the line in a kitchen, you're, you live in whites, you, you live in whites and clogs. And when you're not in whites and clogs, usually t-shirt and jeans. Like I live my life in a t-shirt and jeans, but there, there's, there are times when I want to, you know, uh, show out and, and put on some clothes and, and look good. And uh, I love doing that. And I, I love being able to have a touch of everything in my past that that was an influence which is very steeped in in, in hip-hop culture yet uh put a kind of finer tweak on it like i love john barbados uh and i love his style i'm also not a very large man i'm very small so finding things that fit me is not very easy and trying to mix and match all these styles uh somehow it becomes what I am and who I am. I, I always talk about my food being approachable, but whimsical. And I feel like that is my style as well. Like mm -hmm. I don't, I, I don't need to stand with, with my dress. I don't need to stand out. I don't need to have all these crazy bells and whistles, but I like having like this, this shirt is like anchors and stuff like that. Like, like the those, those kind of weird things. Like I, I like that kind of thing. I used to, I remember when I was in college, there was, I saw this shirt on the shelf that was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And I bought it because I thought it was so ugly. <laughs> and a lot of it, it was like, it was like a safari, a lot of elephants and jungle animals on it. And it was 
wound up being a really cool shirt, but you know, you never know it's, it's style in general. I think this morning and knowing that we were going to talk, I realized something like with my cooking, I don't like to follow trends and it's the same with my style. I don't like to follow trends because that means you can't do it for that long. I like to try to make statements. You, you, you mentioned bold flavors. I, I just like to make statements with good quality ingredients. And I feel like when it comes to clothes, I just like wearing good quality stuff that I don't need to think too much about and just knowing that I'm comfortable in it. And I feel like when it comes to, when it comes to cooking, I want to do things that other people will be comfortable stepping into. You know, like, cause as a chef, I'm, I'm dressing you with my food and you need to be comfortable wearing it. So, um, it's, it, they, it all flows together, mm-hmm. you know, music, fashion, food, hospitality. It's all the same thing because it's all cr- a creative process. And Absolutely. every, every, everyone's so very different that, um, yeah, I mean, I could keep talking. Now, is there a <laughs> signature? Anything signature piece of yours that you're like, it just makes you feel like a million bucks or makes you just feel like the king of the world? I love watches and I love shoes. My my watch is something that uh, when I'm wearing it, I love it. I'm, I'm actually wearing an Apple watch now, but I have a Breitling that I, I love that, you know, for, for men, uh, there's not a whole lot of accessories it's not like you know women can have bracelets and baubles and bangles and beads and and all that stuff men get a watch i mean (laughs) i have my 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 earrings that i've had since i was 16 but you know as a as a man i a watch is kind of the way that most men kind of either make a statement or have you know they they speak and and for me I, I like a good watch, but it doesn't have to be overstated. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like everything else in my wardrobe, I don't need I don't need flash. I don't need bling. I just I I, I want good quality. And and when it, I know a lot of shoe people, but you know shoes are a thing. I have I think I have 15, 20 pairs of shoes. I just love. I've always loved shoes. And it's not necessarily a sneaker. Like I don't collect sneakers. It's just I want to have a shoe for every mood that I'm in. And if I'm going hiking, if I'm biking, if I'm running, if I'm stepping out on a town, wh- whatever the case may be, I want a shoe for that occasion. And um, so I, I love good good shoes too. Oh, I love shoes. So you are definitely talking <laughs> to the right person about shoes. <laughs> I, um, and you know, like, it's like when a lot of women have handbags. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have a lot of handbags. Like I don't, I don't like carrying things in my pocket. And there was a point where I carried a little, like a purse, um, a purse. Yeah, <laughs> that's back when they, people would be like, "You have a purse." I'm like, "It's not a purse. It's a purse." And I'm totally fine with that. I don't mind carrying all my crap in it. So fashion, your sense of culinary style and fashion, and I want you to talk about how important it is to compose a plate. How important it is to make a statement on a plate. We, um, I, I have a friend who's building his kitchen and he picked out all these plates and they're like black. I was like, what, what are you going to see on a black plate? You know, <laughs> uh, I, I just, I've never understood that. Like just white. I, I feel like much like you would dress yourself and as much attention as you put into an outfit, what your top looks like with your bottom, what your undershirt matches and all your, your accessories. That's the same thing in composing a plate. 
right? And how is how is the play presented to a guest? How does the server put it down in front of the guest? And it's very calculated. Um, what and there are some things that just get thrown on a plate, but when you're when you're when you have a lot of components and you're placing them, it's it's the painting, right? It's the painting we're presenting to to our guests, and a lot of times it'll be, just be thrown in front of you. No, it's 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 very meticulously put together so that it could be presented to the guest, and that presentation does. And then there's the ceremony of smelling it and tasting it, and and you know, a lot of people like myself geek out on that type of thing and how that affects their eyes and their nose and their mouth. And uh, it's it's the eyes are the first thing that capture that that experience as mm -hmm. a guest. And, you know, and, and I always tell my staff, tell someone when you're putting food down in front of them what it is, because they might have read it on the menu, but they don't really now they go back in the conversation, they're talking to their friends. They don't necessarily remember all the details of that dish. We've seen it 50 times already today. They've never seen it before. So how do you communicate from, from me putting it together and me choosing the flavors, the textures, the colors, how all that fits together, not only just on the plate, but is there a better way to eat it? Should you eat this before that? And should you drink this first? all of these things are curated and planned so that the way we communicate that to the guests is just as important right i've been to places where a server will say chef wants you to eat this dish in this way i mean okay but you know that someone thought about that someone someone said this is how i want you to experience it so i think it's but it does start at the plate because we're experience it through our eyes i mean you can't say that you don't look at things and judge them right off the bat on the way they look. Mm. You know, it's like when you buy a bottle of wine, if you see a label that pops out at you, you might buy it because of the label. You Absolutely know? true. That visual aspect is so very important in the way we dress and the way we plate and the way we present ourselves in this industry. Uh, when you walk into a restaurant, how, how does it look? How, are, how is the staff dressed? Right. You talk about uh, fashion. What about fashion in our industry and how that's evolved? And you can go to five different restaurants and it's five completely different things. You know, you go to Lula Cafe versus Ever versus Applebee's. You know, there's a look and a feel that goes along with the ethos and the delivery of, of that experience. And so a lot of times, we look at what that staff is wearing and we're going to say we like it or we don't like it and that's very important an important part of the the whole experience do you think that the art or how do you feel the art of hospitality is today compared to 10 years ago do you feel like it's evolving or devolving i think when it comes to the state of hospitality right now we have to look at a couple things it's such a tricky question because i think it depends what world you're living in Right. We're 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 living in a post pandemic, I'd say post pandemic world. Right. Mm -hmm. Where everything we did up to 2020 was one way. Now it's a different way. And how do we move forward and figure out how we deliver it? In my opinion, we're in a hiring phase and I'm talking we're, we're always in the hiring phase. Right. Mm -hmm. We're in the hospitality business. We're always looking for good people. I believe that our job is mostly education. 
and educating our guests why we've made the choices we've made and how we are delivering it to them. So yeah. I think when it comes to hospitality, there's a men- some people have the mentality or just serve food. And some people are like, no, we, we got to really get down and get busy and get into it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it uh, hospitality is not just about food. It's not just about drink. It's really about bringing people into the experience of our world and, and all the things that are involved in it. Because service and the dialogue you get to have with someone is such a huge part of it. And I always say that if you go somewhere and you have amazing service, mediocre food, and then the next night you go and there's mediocre service and great food, third night you're going back to the place with a better service, hands down. Because you're not going to deal with bad service. At least I'm not. I'd rather have someone... That's great. I, I, I think that in hospitality right now, we have such an incredible opportunity. It's such a great time to get back to making people happy. You know, we've, we've been away from it for so long that we've almost forgotten what it's like to be in front of people. And from someone who lives to make people happy, I've kind of forgotten how it is and what that reward is like to send someone off with a smile because that's why I do what I do. I, I love to, I love that reward of seeing someone smile with a, a drink or a plate or just service and giving, giving us the opportunity to do that is, is, is the greatest part of this job. And I think, uh, I don't, I don't know if I've answered your question, but yeah. I, 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 I think we're in a great place to, kind of revive what it means to be amazing. Wow. That's interesting that you say that. It's uh, it's, it's kind of like we're starting from scratch though, isn't it? I think so. I, but I think that, that that's a gift, right? Because nobody's forgotten what it's like to go out and go to a bar and have drinks. Nobody forgot what it's like to go out to dinner. But we have lost touch with that feeling with that kind of emotion. I'm sure you got to the point where you're like, I just want to hug somebody. Mm-hmm. I have not hugged somebody for so long. And that physical t- contact, I'll never forget the first time uh, after the pandemic when I saw someone in person and saw a smile or hug someone, I was, it was like strange, you know? And, and just getting back to, I say touching people, but I mean, you know, having this somewhat visceral communication, this contact, this energy is kind of what floats us all along. And I think that we've been missing that. And I, and I think that as in the hospitality industry, we have the ability to kind of reignite that and restart it. You, you say start from scratch. We definitely aren't starting from scratch, but we're hitting the reset button. So we have the opportunity to define what that looks like again and, and how it feels and, and, and how it all works. Because there's going to be some, it's, it's almost like a new relationship. There's new things that, is it cool to, to hug someone? Is it cool to shake their hand? Are they okay with it? Mm. And it, it's like, I'm a hugger. When I meet someone, I hug them. Like, I'm, I just step right in and I'll hug you. I don't care. But now I care because, I, you know, people right. are weird about that kind of contact. So it's it's kind of... It's dancing into this new relationship, but in the hospitality industry, at the end of the day, it's just, we get to make people happy. 
And as long as we're doing that, we're all going to be good. It sounds like Camp Aramoni is off to a great start. It, re- it really does in its first year. I mean, I'm so happy for you. But before we go, I want to talk about what you felt were so there's so many spaces there. There's so much going on there. Is there a favorite space it within the camp that is like your favorite that you love to hang out with that if your friends and family came you're like we have to hang out in this space what what is that's, that oh my goodness that's such a great question because honestly there are many there are so many spaces here that you'll sit down and you'll say oh my goodness this is gorgeous let's just stay here but on a daily basis my zen moment comes we have a space kind of right down by the river at the end of our campground and we're talking about putting a cabin down there but it's it's really right down the river you can't hear anything but the water and the animals what you know sometimes they're frogs sometimes they're birds and they're hawks and all kinds of wildlife and it's just everything that camp ceremony is Mm-hmm. right there and it, it's just fantastic so it, it's a great place for a for a nice natural moment of quiet and that's for you or you invite people into that space with you i invite people there for sure and i'd invite every single person the only thing that's going to make it better and it will be there is having a bourbon on the rocks wow nice. <laughs> there you go there you go well, or fill I'll, in the blank to whatever you want to be. Drinking. I'll take the bourbon too. Amen. So, Chef, it has been really nice chat with you as always. Uh, you're a blast. I wish you all the luck at Camp Aramoni, and I'll be there one day. I hope to get I know there you one will day. be. <laughs> I can't wait to have you. I appreciate always having me on. It's always a good time, and uh, I, I'm, I'm always going to give you something to talk about for sure. But uh, we'll, we'll look forward to having you down here. We're only an hour and a half away. Come down anytime. Well, that does it for this episode. I want to thank my guest, Chef Cletus Friedman, again for joining me. We're back next Friday with another outstanding, talented, and of course, stylish culinary personality you don't want to miss. Thank you so much for listening to Peace and Fashion on the Eat, Drink, Dine podcast network. I'm your host, Adasha Townsend. Meet me back here next Friday.